You are currently listening to Those Heathens Over There, a podcast created by a group of friends on a dare who attempt to talk about everyday matters with a little bit of light humor as well as a little dark humor. They try their best, but often they get held down by a lot of trash talk or a lot of tangents. Hashtag Tangent Kings. This is your boy Demarcus Black with my group of friends. Big Devon Jr. Jr. That boy Ego, DBE, in the house. I am the lovely Diana Dirtree. <laughs> Be nice here. All right, what up, what up, what up? This is Those Heathens Over There. With Talk 23, this is going to be a, a Freestyle Friday, and this is your boy, Demarcus Black, with... Yeah, we got DB up in the house. And special guest... G. We got G. G loves being here. She's always here hanging out with us, and we goddamn appreciate it. We do. We do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love so, it. So, our first topic, G wanted to bring it up, wanted to talk about it. What are we talking about, G? The Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, what do you want to hit up? Or what specifically about the Super Bowl? So, honestly, the halftime show, amazing. But honestly, the game through and through, as someone who had, as a NFL fan that had no skin in the game because I'm a Pats fan, born and bred, it was still a really fun game to watch. It's not always like that. So, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big sports fan, so this was probably my first Super Bowl that I semi-watched in like two decades, right? Okay. Okay. And... If you know where I'm at, the time frame here is crazy. So we're watching the Super Bowl at like 2 a.m. 2 a.m., right? And someone asked me to make macaroni and cheese and wings. So I'm like cooking all night. And then I drop the food off and it's five people there. I'm like, well, damn, I didn't, I didn't make too much food. How it's much food? Five. How much food you would say for amount, the amount of people? Like, if there was Bruh. only five. <laughs> so five of us brought shit. For the amount of, for the amount of food that we had, we could have fed a the fucking... Whole, the whole um, country? <laughs> no, nah, we could have fed at least a city. You know what I'm saying? Like, like goddamn. Like, damn. And then I get there, and I'm like, okay, this is it. And they're like, yeah, this is it. And the dude who's hosting it, the dude who's hosting it, he falls asleep in the first quarter. <laughs> the first quarter, my man, my man is sleeping on yeah. the couch, on his couch. Damn. And no. guess what this guess what this motherfucker did? You won't guess. You won't be able to guess what my man did. Ooh, did he scream? Like, did he like talk in his sleep? No, my man got up, left the living room, went, went to his, to his bed. bedroom, and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> he left a whole group of people that he invited over to watch the fucking Super Bowl without him. Damn. <laughs> Did you at least eat? Good house. Oh, you damn right I ate, man. If I made food, I'm eating. Okay. I know. I don't even think he ate. Maybe he didn't. I don't even know, man. Yeah, all right. So, so to continue on, as we going through the night, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the game, but I'm watching people on the couch, and you can start perceiving hit people hit. Boom! There's one dude sleep. Boom! SG. We know SG. SG sleep on the couch for like 10, 20 minutes. Boom! <laughs> our other friend, our other friend, she sleep on the couch 10, 20 minutes. Boom! You can just start seeing people drop, but then we wake up randomly throughout, and we get back in there. Like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, good, good. touch that. Like I'm like y'all, y'all lying like a motherfucker. Y'all been sleep the Besi- whole the whole time. What about the besides the host, or was anybody up at least for the halftime show? The y'all. So we so, so we were all up during the halftime show because we we woke everybody up together so we could watch it, except for the 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 host who went to his fucking bedroom. <laughs> so we all saw the halftime show and we started talking shit. Forgive me, but we started talking shit about uh Kendrick Lamar because he out there dancing and shit and my boy like, "Hey man." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You you know what I'm saying?" I was like, "Yeah, I know what you're saying." Why these motherfuckers look like the Golden Lords from Meteor Man? What? And I'm like, "Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen I, Meteor I, Man?" I, I, hold on, I his gotta backup dancers look like the fucking Golden Lords with the fucking gold hair and shit. No, I loved it because the men were all, of all ages, and you don't normally see that. Exactly, the Golden Lords. And my boy was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, "Yeah, the Golden Lords." And it was funny. Because the next day I talked to the wife and she's like, so we was, uh, your daughter and I was watching the Super Bowl and she was like, 
She's like, mom, why does Kendrick Lamar's dancers look like the Golden Lords? I was like, see, that's your daughter. She's like, that's your daughter. I was like, we talked about that same thing at the fucking, you know, across the world. We talked about the same thing. I My just had to look it up. I just looked. Oh, yes. yes. 100%. <laughs> Yo, so, man, that, that was uh, that was crazy, man. It was definitely a takeaway on that thing. Yeah, man. Yo, I, I, I was kind of under the same thing. Like, so. You know, I've been I've been out of the United States for for about seven years prior to now, right? So this is my first time watching the Super Bowl at a normal fucking time. But at the same time, I was also able to enjoy the fucking commercials, man. Like that is something that I didn't have uh, while I was out there as well. But you know, it just it was just good. It was a good atmosphere. I kept it kind of local and low key. Uh, it was good. But the halftime show, man, I really really thoroughly enjoyed it. Man, some of those commercials was crazy. I ain't even gonna lie to you. My cousin was in one of the commercials. The one about the wings. Which one? Uh, wings. The, oh, man, who was in it? She's she like, my cousin was in it, and she can't no. even get no details. <laughs> the celebrity, I can't think of a daggone celebrity. I'll have to like share it with you guys later. Okay. But they were talking about who's guilty of like not completely eating the wings. Oh, and okay. then the... Uh, NFL player shoves my cousin. So, <laughs> hey, hey, sorry to interrupt. I'm bringing I'm bringing Big Wayne in. He in the waiting room, the green room. I'm pulling him in now. Hell yeah! Hey, yo, Big Wayne, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you, man. What's good? What's good? Hello. Not much. We just talking about some highlights from the Super Bowl. There were highlights in the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I guess <laughs> the golden when the golden when the Golden Lords was dancing with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, <laughs> Mary J. Blige was the best thing about that Super Bowl. She's yeah, just- when she passed out, that was the best thing. <laughs> oh no, she's such an amazing performer. You showing your age, G. You showing your age. I saw her in concert years ago. Yeah, and you st- and you in the con- Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Just tell everybody you was born in the eighties. Go ahead. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look, ain't nothing wrong with that. You she, know what I'm saying? We. It was a good time. The the eighties. Yes. Time I saw Mary J. She was with Faith Evans, and Faith Evans was trash in that show. Damn. Well, goddamn. Damn. <laughs> I hope, right. Faith Evans. I hope you ain't listening to this. I ain't call you trash. Girl. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't us. <laughs> hey, beautiful woman beautiful. just you, didn't perform well. Anyways. You know. You know. You know what I'm gonna mention though, because everybody been talking about it. But before I mention the exact portion of the Super Bowl halftime show, I'm going to reflect on the last talk. And I don't know if y'all heard it, but obviously I know my man, Mr. Black, heard it when I was fat shaming people and he gave me a lot of shit about it. Um, right. He gave me hella shit. Yes. Um, 100%. Right. He gave oh, me hella they shit. They mean that man up. Don't say it. They mean that man up. They memed him up. Right. So they want to they want to play my man 50. Because he came out, first of all, how'd they get his big ass upside down for that long? <laughs> listen, listen, man. Because I know, I know he was hurting. He can't sit here, or he can't just be hanging there, you know, while the piano was playing, all the bullshit that they were doing, and then trying to tell me that he wasn't tired. His eyes were breathing hard. And watery. Yeah, yeah breathing hard. You make enough money. Okay, let me see a 2003 picture of you and a 2022 picture of you. Let's see how, how much change has happened then. Zero. Oh. Oh, this pandemic has hurt. <laughs> I I have gained a couple of LBs. <laughs> I, I would say everybody but Big Wayne, because Big Wayne be in the gym hard. I'll be seeing him. I see you, dog. Hey, I, I need to be in the gym, though. There's a... Actually, yeah, it has, it's been, it has been a little bit since I've seen a video. What's going on? You ain't logged in. Mm, okay. Ooh, he Very told well. you, because I'll be seeing him all the time. Yeah, I don't like, look at him. He had it again. I'm like, I'm like Vic Damone on the range. I don't miss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, he be motivating me, though, man. I ain't seen y'all there, though. Nah, you know, I dabble. I dabble. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Nah, a little bit. All right. Keep my eyes on you. Yeah, so, but yeah, what what else about the halftime show, man? I mean. Yo, I like how they, uh, how they, uh, and I ain't noticed this till somebody brought it up. Uh, and I always mess up this girl name. And my wife be like, how you mess up her name? It's so easy. I don't know how to say Janae and A.K. Yoko. You know, I don't know how to say it. many letters, bro. I don't even try to they, say it, dog. They, exactly. But they messed <laughs> they, they took the two <laughs> black girls and they flipped their names. And, and I was like, okay. I mean, you just. You oh, just yeah. Said, yeah. Person. For the national anthem, no? And we, yeah. 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 America yeah. the beautiful. Yeah. 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 
it was a very black culture celebratory Super Bowl, and it was awesome. I loved it. That will you? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad at the performances. I think the artists did well and what they were asked to do. Um, I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, I'm gonna just tell y'all right now. I was at a um, I was at a gathering, a gathering. I'm gonna call it a gathering, but I think y'all all know what I'm talking about. When a person was like, he he uh, wanted to talk about the Super Bowl and everybody had a good you know Super Bowl period, and he's like, so who out there was rooting for the Buccaneers? <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's what we did, and they was like, you mean uh. Bangles, the Bangles, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch football too much, you know, you know, <laughs> it is what it is." Uh, but you like the Rams, right? And it's like, "Come on, man, you just messed this whole. Why are we standing here listening to you right now? <laughs> Why are you gonna say I was in the gathering? Like we're gonna think you were somewhere negative, like a brothel, or you know what I'm talking about? And then all it is, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with what you said. You had I mean, to make it all secretive and shit. Well, those two things could be true. He still could have been at a brothel." Don't worry about that. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about that. Are we live? Yeah, we, we are. are. I believe we may be live. Yes. Oh, I mean, when you show up late, you miss those things. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's fine. We, I mean, we still covering down. But look, we said this is a Freestyle Friday. So, Wayne, I'm hoping that you came with your intellectual cap on and had something to throw in the pot to, to, to conversate about. Because the, uh, the, the, the Super Bowl halftime show was the highlight of what I was going to say. Do we want to start with the appropriate use of the word converse and remove the word conversate from the vocabulary? Do we want to start with grammar or do we want to go into something different? So we're not going to start with grammar. I almost I almost oh. kicked you out the, 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 the group right then. <laughs> so we don't want to start there. Okay, that's fine. Now, nah, let's move on to something else. This is something a little more lighthearted. Oh, I'm not the guy for lighthearted. I'm oh, God, you damn yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Well, like what, what, These weak palms are heavy. Let me see. No, I don't have anything light, man. I'm, I'm, I don't have a light bag right now. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. Well, how about this, now, man? What you been up to lately, bro? How's everything? I've been enjoying Texas. To be transparent with you, it's uh, the culture down here is extremely different. But I've been really immersing myself in human personality. Um, as you know, I have some political interest in mind, and as I take a look at some of the people that are around, the more I engage with them. I'm slowly discovering that this state isn't as red as we uh, as the world has made it out to be. So I don't know exactly if that's something that y'all want to dabble in for conversation purposes or not. But that's been one of the things that I've been hanging my hat on outside of going to the gym. Oh, okay. I will say living in a very, very red state that a lot of people more correlate with the libertarian party um than red that's what i've noticed yeah a lot of people at the end of the day what people are doing is they're voting their their individual best interest and a lot of that ties to cash flow it's not necessarily a direct representation of their morals and um some of the things that they desire as far as how they see humanity but cash is still king, so a lot of people are still voting towards what's going to put the most money in their individual bank accounts is one of the things that I've been battling against. And that will be an uphill battle. Oh, yeah, to say the least. Through and through, because just like you said, cash is king and people do care about their pockets. Mm-hmm. Don't mind me asking, uh, what kind of what positions are you looking to to fill or where are you looking to position yourself uh, in that semi political or, or, uh, or, you know, however you want to look at it? Like, what what are you trying to do? Like at the end of the day, for me, it's about setting up people for success, making sure that as we come across one another, we show respect, we show love to one another. Right. So I put my energy into the internal side of it. I focus on the community first. So my neighborhood, my city, my school board, PTA, city council, those are the places that my interests are in right now. But Perfect. Okay, cool, cool. We all start somewhere. Very Obama of you. It's not a bad place to start at all. Yeah, so we... You, you take care of home first, and then as you take care of home, hopefully you pick up momentum and that could expand to uh, a slightly different seat in 2032. 
Okay. Okay. Um, how long have you been actively um, working with the community and, and, and trying to... Well, I took my uniform off officially August 1st. So um, in summary, approximately since then. Okay. All right. Okay. Because anything before that would have been illegal. There's so much to be said of a personality and the characters that are required of a uniform member and a public servant. Um, Because it truly does go hand in hand. I've met a lot of really great politicians and probably three out of four have some sort of uniformed background. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just a harder service. It's just who you're meant to be. That's a fair assessment. It is. And I was going to say that because you're still, t- you're still in service of, of people trying to, to get people together to do something um, that you believe in that is right, that is, is fair, that's just, or just something that needs to probably be improved. So still being in the service of people. Yes, that's the that's the end state for it all, man. Um, it's a lot of ways to get money, get rich, and make cash legally, but it's not a lot of ways to make society or encourage and inspire society to be better. And that's really where I'm trying to put my energy. So that's that's what my retirement life has looked like, is just trying to figure out who people are, what they what they really care about, and where I fit in in this bubble. Do you feel a sense of community in that bubble, having left one? Collectively, no. Individually, yes. And I say that, and it sounds weird on the surface, but when I talk to people one-on-one, we sit down at the table, we're conversing, whether we're wherever we stumble across one another, at, standing in line, whatever it is we're doing. There's a there's a good connection that's typically there. But once you start adding five or six people to that conversation and putting them in that space, people, they tend to shut down. Their energy is different. It's like, I don't want what I said in that space to be known over here. It, it becomes real secretive. It's as if everything that's going to be said is going to be used against them in some capacity. So they don't want certain things to, to be known of them as far as their We'll use the language of political views and stuff like that, but it's awkward. It's a it's a challenging thing once you see the circle expand or when the potential for that conversation to go public happens. People really start backpedaling on core positions based on how they believe other people will perceive their statements. I mean, that, obviously, that does sound awkward and weird. Um, but I guess I would I would believe that if there you have enough people backing the same ideas and concepts, then that 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 concept of them backing away is less because they feel like they are possibly supported. Is that accurate? It could be. I don't know. I I'm a I'm a different person in that regard. Personally. Yes, yes, you are. I don't really care what you think. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, this is where I stand. So if you feel a certain way about something I said or something that I did, that's for you to work out. I'm not changing my position. Then you, yeah, you absolutely shouldn't either. Stand your ground. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was raised differently than to listen to the opinion of others, and then use their opinions to change my opinion. Now, when presented with new information, when presented with new facts, I'm all for changing something that I had a misunderstanding on. Mm, okay, that's growth. That is growth. But it won't be because somebody felt some kind of way. <laughs> have you seen people's um religious stances and political stances just completely blur oh yeah did you hear that part earlier when i said i'm in texas <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't hear you. i just heard red state <laughs> like it wasn't as red as you thought yeah 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 my bad my bad yeah i'm down in texas so you've seen the laws and bills that they've passed um are pushed to get passed So you take any one of those and you compare it to any religion or concept and you will see those things do not marry up. How long long you been down there now, man? I touched down here. um, I've been a resident of the state. Let me say it that way. I've been a resident of the state since 2018 in theory. Okay. Okay. But I've been I moved back here in uh, August. Okay. All right. Officially. But yeah, so so all the things that you've been noticing has it been 
from the 2018 to current or from August to now? Nah, bro, it's been all my life. So I've, I've been in and out of Texas. Like I grew up in a military family. So even as a young kid, my mother was stationed at Fort Hood. I've been in and out of Texas. Uh, oh, I gotcha. Okay. So I've seen it. I've heard it grown up around some of the chaos that is it. So it's nothing new that's being done or said. It's just different ways that it's being presented. Gotcha. Okay. Now, are you located near some of those military areas? And I ask that because it seems to me that the larger military presence is in that community, the more conservative those people are. No, nah, I live in a bougie area. There is no mm-mm. maybe a maybe a couple of recruiters. That's about it. There's no bases within uh, fifty miles of where I'm at. But think about it correctly. And there might be a reserve unit near me, but there's no major military installations near me. Hmm. And like you said, they their views are not aligning with what they're saying. So mm-hmm. no, because if we actually start listening to what people are saying, we will. I think we'll all become. Um, more aware of what's going on around us. There's a difference between what I say and what I mean sometimes. And oftentimes we don't listen with the intent on understanding and asking that hard question or seeking out clarity on statements. And in in many scenarios, if a person goes to extrapolate their thoughts at some point is going to become a moment where you're like, Oh, so what you're actually saying is this. And be like, yeah, that's exactly what I meant. And it was nothing like what you said. But it gets easy to start quoting opinion pieces and uh, things that you've heard along the along the way, although it's not truly representative of your thoughts. That's like life right now, though, in general, man, somebody like and just, you know, getting a little bit away from like the political side. But like in general, oh, the, you know, so and so celebrity, whatever, said something and they'll quote it. Right. And it'll be something completely 100% different. But then, you know, people start bashing them because, oh, can you believe what so-and-so said? And when, in fact, it was something completely different. Yeah, man, because that's the that's the downfall to sound bites. Sound bites will put us in a position where we heard these 25 seconds of words without the proper context and background information. And all of a sudden we formed an opinion about the person, about what they represent and who they re- and who they stand with. All the while, we missed the opening of everything that was going on. Kind of like me coming in here talking about are we live and we've 10 minutes in. <laughs> I guess for us, that's more of a lack of doing the research. We can take we can hear a sound bite, but if we, we take the time to actually go do our own research and kind of make our own mind up about certain things, that's what we should be doing. But it's kind of easy in this day and age to just say, OK, this is what I heard. Um, what did you hear? And then try to. Yeah, nah, bro. It's all about the easy. It's all about the easy route, man. Come on now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's crazy. I, I agree with you. I do. Um, it's a daunting task, though. If if I really had to sit back and I had to deep dive every single soundbite that I have an interest in, my time would be consumed. Like, I wouldn't have time to actually formulate any independent thoughts, read a book, or, you know, entertain myself too well. It, it's not, that's a, it's a lot going on nowadays. So I can understand the lack of interest in doing that research, but in the same breath, I do believe it is important before we form opinions. And I think that's the real challenge is, can we hear things without immediately forming an opinion on them? Right. I think if it's something that, that you really you know care about or something that really is near and dear to you, then yeah, you, you know, you'll take the time to see what they're really talking about. But if it's something that's just in one ear, not the other, then, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. I like that energy. I don't, I don't know nowadays if a lot of people have too many things that are really, as you say, sac or sacrosanct or near and dear to them as others. Like, Yo, can you say that word again? I want to put in my, my, my toolbox. Sacrosanct. All right. You already forgot it, bro. Spell it. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he talks about say it again, but he don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know I was I was kind of searching in my head like man, how do I say this? <laughs> Sound it out. Just work, just work the syllables. All right, there um, you go. For us, even a, even the four of us that are on here, if we were at a point where anyone were to ask us the top three things that were important to us, I think based on this audience, we have a very common set of beliefs. Outside of our top three, that's where it starts to get sketchy, and that's if we've even thought about them. Because at the end of the day. Family, self, 
And then, you know, that third one is up in the air. Maybe, maybe friends, but I know how DeMarcus feels about that. So, like, it, it really, it's really hit or miss in that category. <laughs> Listen, Wayne, I consider you a friend. I've told you this before. I heard that part before. It, my, my statement, though, is how important are those relationships? You know what I mean? You know, that is a good question. That is a good question. Yeah, so... Yeah, so Family, self, and then that third thing, you know, you might love the vet more than you love DBE. Who knows, right? I, listen, I promise you I love the vet more than I love DBE. I, <laughs> I, I know that for, for a fact. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, friends might not make the top three for you, but for everybody, we all have those things that are close, near and dear to us. And at some point, as as a society, it's really, really challenging to get everybody to start seeing the things as important. But here's the, here's the thing, uh, and I'm agreeing with what you're saying. But here's the thing, right? I, you you mentioned that not you don't believe or something to the fact that not everyone sits down. Sometimes you have to sit down to figure out what those top three are. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that, right? Because before you said something about the top three, I was like, well, hell, what the hell is my top three? And I was sitting here going through my head to figure out what they were. And as you kind of peel back the onion on that, I was like, well, shoot, I wonder, you know, outside of these four people, what does other people's top three look like? Because those are the things that kind of help form common uh, commonalities in in communities. Right. If you care about family, if you care about community, if you care about neighborhood, then you're going to want to you know, link with the people who care about those things and make your uh, area a better place. But if you have people that don't care about those things, then yeah, of course they're not going to want to go to the PTAs or they're not going to want to do community service and not going to do the things that they, you know, that other people care about. So um, that was the interesting part. I literally had to sit here and say, well, what the hell is my top three? And how does my top three relate to everyone else's top three? Yeah. Yeah. I think if we, uh, it's February, let's go with it. So if we look at the conversation from back in the day with education versus developing a trade, right? Some people, you go to some households, some families, they'll say, hey, man, the most important thing for you to do is to get an education. You get that that nice, fancy piece of paper. You put it up on the wall. Hopefully you get some letters behind your name. You go to distance. You get your graduate's degree. You get your doctorates. Go to distance. Get the education. Learn as much as you can. So on and so forth. And then you have another communities. The conversation is pretty basic. It goes, hey, man, just learn a skill, learn a trade, learn a craft. And then with that, you'll be successful. You'll be okay. And that's that W.E.B. Du Bois and Booker T. conversation from way back in the day. We all look, I say we all, in my household, we, I grew up in a manner in which you do what you got to do to pay the bills. If you feel going to school is what's going to pay the bills, then that's what you need to do. It was never a thing of what's going to make the community better, what's going to make you happy. It was always, hey, how are you going to pay these bills? Okay, I mean, you right. I think people's social status, socioeconomical status, really plays heavily into how they view education. Yeah. Um, just like you said, growing up in a household where it's how you're going to pay these bills, there was a mindset of how am I going to not work and everything, the footprint that I've laid out is going to pay for my lifestyle. Right. Yeah. And then I think in the same breath, looking from a social economic standard, if you're coming from old money and that old money has inheritance and trust associated with it and the way that those trust or inheritance get activated or triggered comes from you graduate at this age or by this time, so on and so forth. And then you come into this form of wealth. Education is really the focus point because after that, you're going to inherit a couple of houses. You'll have enough commas in your bank account where you can do whatever it is that sparked your interest. And by the way, the next generation will be fine too. It's that the ability to work off of old money in that realm will allow some people to look at those things different. So I like that perspective. I appreciate that, G. You got to have old money first. Shit. I mean, it's out there. Okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, so for me, I mean, I just think I've seen a lot of people from our our industry go from, you know, saying, hey, I want to do college. to like, you know what? Forget college. I have this skill. Let me rack up on all these certificates and I can go out there and do great things. And, and for the most part, most of them have done 
great things without those degrees, uh, with just those certifications and just having that uh, on the job or that work experience. Mm-hmm. And for me uh, personally, I, I, I look at it as like I would rather have a skill or a craft um, and backing of experience and certificates um, than to have that degree hanging up on the wall. I feel like I have if I spent enough time getting that degree, that's more time and experience I could have had hands on to something or learning the ins and outs of something. Um, vice just the, the uh, conceptual ideas of how a thing is employed or how a thing is built. Um, that's just me because I kind of like to lean toward getting the hands on and getting that kind of, hey, what is my skill? What, what can I do? What do I understand? If that makes sense. It does. I, from what I know of you, you are not a overall theory guy. You want intricate details. You want to know all the way down to the nanogram exactly how this thing functions. So for me, when I have to have conversations with people who want to hit me with wave tops and then I hit them with the, the intricacies, it's 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 hard to continue that conversation because I can see where they disconnect. Like, well, I don't really care about that because it's supposed to do this. Well, don't talk to me about what it's supposed to do. I'm telling you what it, what it can do and why it can't do that. I'm not going to let you get away with that statement so freely, though, because you don't ask things like what are the intricacies? You say things like why? <laughs> and you say it with a deep and vulgar aggression that's coming out of your soul. And you say it multiple times. <laughs> that's because I'm disgusted by the fact that they just came up and they didn't have the why. So I'm going to hit you with the baseline that I'm taught. Give me the why. Give me the why you're doing what you're doing. That's the conversation started to me. If you can't give me the why, you might as well just turn around. That is a horrible way to start a conversation. <laughs> it's not. It's, hey, listen, it ain't a conversation if you can't give me the why. In the English language, the question why is probably the most off-putting and immediately defensive thing that you can ask a person. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You can be in the kitchen making pancakes, using Oreos, and you can be at the griddle. And if somebody walks up on you and asks the question, why are you putting Oreos in there? You're going to feel some kind of way. They took that happy, joyful moment, hit you with the question why, and all of a sudden you don't feel as excited about it anymore. So what you said was because a couple of minutes back, you said that's something in you that you have to deal with. I'm just asking you why. Why did you all of a sudden shut down? Because I asked you one question. Like, why did your happiness get drained? Because I'm trying to ask you why you put these Oreos in that in that pancake batter. Because the word why is a word that sparks the defense of anybody. It, like if the if someone asks you why and the hairs on the back of your neck don't stand up, it feels as if you're being challenged when that comes out. That's in correction. Let me speak for me. That's what is that's what's going on there. I feel like I'm being challenged when somebody comes out with a why. I mean, you're not wrong, but depending on the situation and what the why is, I would feel honored to give you an explanation to something you do not understand at that time. Well, why always means there's doubt. And so if you have a... There should be sometimes. <laughs> but if you have, or you're doing something that you are very confident in, that you do very well, like making pancakes with Oreos, for someone to come and ask you why, it's going to be seen as offensive. Like, I know what I'm doing. This is going to be great. If your kids had a sleepover... And one of the kids are sleeping over, sees you making these pancakes with these Oreos in, and they their parents don't do that. They don't know what that is. They're going to say, hey, uh, uh, Miss G, uh, why are you putting these cookies in there? You just going to slap her? Or you just going to like, whoa, whoa, that shit, no one ever says violence. I'm going to side eye that child and say. Oh, so you said you're going to side eye her. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to side eye that child and say. Yeah, hey, try this. Because. This is how we do it in my house, and it is good. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. This innocent child was just asking a question. You already side eyed her, and okay, good, got it. We good. I kindly addressed the question and answered, asked and answered. Hey, I like it. Cause you don't come in my kitchen asking me questions. You can go home, call your parents. That's the first thing. You invite me over, Wayne, I'm like... Why are we having dinner at eight o'clock? First of all, if I invite you over and we having dinner at eight o'clock, I'm asking myself why. (laughs) (laughs) I'm eating dinner like five, five thirty. I eat at eight o'clock. I'm in the bed by nine, big dog. For the record, going back to earlier when you were talking about your potluck Super Bowl meal, how much did you trust those other people to cook for you? (laughs) 
That's what I want to know. Like, because I got to see a kitchen. I have to know you good and you're clean. How bland was the company? Let me just tell you something real quick. SG, and forgive me because I know he's listening. SG made something and then he going to look me in my eye while we sitting there. He's like, hey, uh, hey, hey, DeMarcus, I don't see you with my blank on your plate. I said, yeah, man, um, I'm not ready to eat that right now. <laughs> like SG had a whole plate of wings and damn macaroni and cheese. And I felt real proud of myself because I made both of those things. But then he looked at me and asked why I ain't had none. He asked me why I ain't had none of his stuff. I was like, oh, OK. Hey, man, nobody know him. What was it? What was it? Um, damn, I forget what it was. That's nah, how I, I ain't forget that shit. <laughs> I, no, I forgot what it was. It, it, I want to say it was some kind of soup or something, but I don't even remember, man. Was it Was it potato salad with raisins? <laughs> no, he, no, uh-uh. no. But he, but he originally said, this what threw me off. He originally said he was going to make sweet potato nachos. And I was like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> so I was I'm like, okay. I'm not mad at that. Okay. But he didn't make it. He made something else. Something oh, quicker because okay. he, he, he got lazy. Oh, okay. Yep. And then other people brought like some generic stuff. Somebody brought plates. Somebody <laughs> else brought sodas. Somebody brought chicken from like the nearest hey, chicken restaurant. Hey. Oh, no, no, no. If you don't know how to cook, bring a plate. Bring the plates. Bring the cups. Bring the spoons. And that's what homeboy did. Do not bring food. You don't know what you're doing. Do not play me. Hey, they're playing to their weaknesses. They already know I can't do that. No, because Demarcus is going to be the first person in there tells them how nobody bring plates. Who planned this? That's going to be the first thing out of his mouth. Y- you're right. <laughs> Why are there no plates? How are we supposed to eat? I did. I, I can hear him. I did all this cooking, and now we don't have any place to put it on. What am I supposed to eat? I eat out my hand? Back to your question, too, or back to your famous word. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I need to know. But let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you how much how much food was left over. Homeboy. So first of all, homeboy went in, in his room and went to sleep. So we left all the food at his house. We left. We, we, we picked up and rolled. I'm sorry. He went to sleep while y'all was still there. He did, sir. I told you he fell asleep on the first quarter and he left the room and went to his bed in the back. I don't know. First of all, you did not tell me that. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne wasn't in yet. I'm sorry, Wayne I told everyone in. else that, Wayne. I told everybody else that. <laughs> See what happened when you're late? So let me tell you, my man, my man brought the leftovers to work the next day. So I'm having breakfast wings and I'm having lunch wings and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. How many wings did you make, bro? Bruh, I made two batches of wings, probably like... 30 wings per batch. One was lemon pepper and, and ranch, and another one was just basic fried wing. Hey, let me ask you this question, and I don't know if you... I'm going to ask it anyway. You'll be all right. Did you did you make the local wings, or did you make the imported wings? Explain. I know where what country you're in. Did you buy the ones from out in, out in the city, or did you buy the ones that came in extra frozen? I brought the ones out in the city. Oh, okay. All right. Those are some hearty wings. I already was going to be real upset if you said frozen wings. I, I respect the Marcus and his cooking. So, you know, I, I already know it's a good shit. It's, it's surprising because one time y'all judged me harshly because I said put some sausage in the microwave. I would judge you for now, that. Now, now, we're, back to, now we're back to judging you. I would absolutely judge you for that. But it's already, they pre-cooked. That's see. You're losing credibility as a chef, sir. Yes. Listen, every day I make a new d- a dish and I post pictures of it, I get my credibility back up. I can't help I'm tired. Rachel Ray said 30-minute meals. I throw these fucking sauces in the microwave. We could. Did you just quote <laughs> Rachel Ray on food? <laughs> That's, yeah, I was wondering that too. You are rude. <laughs> I got a question for y'all, though, since we were talking about, like, you know, finger food and shit like that. Nobody stated finger food. This for G, for G, for G and Wayne. This for G and Wayne. Are y'all part of the uh, cauliflower wing delegation? No, Lord Jesus. So here she goes. She she's she's one of them. She's one of them. Get out of here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is hey hey shout out shout out to my boy Vic Damone by the way. He he don't even like those things. <laughs> so recently, I've been working on some gluten free and dairy free, lactose free meals. And we had this uh, chili, a recipe that I have, you know, over the years created, made and perfected, absolutely perfected for it's just a white chicken chili. Nothing crazy, but it takes a little bit of finesse to make white chicken chili and it actually be delicious. So making it for a group setting and more than one person has celiac. 
So I decided upon myself to make sure I made this particular community meal gluten-free for this person. What did you substitute it with? Just go ahead and... Which meant seasonings were different, which meant certain freaking ingredients had to be removed and replaced Mm -hmm. with types of options. So, you know, white chicken chili, it is dairy heavy. You have your sour cream, your cream cheese, whatever. Yep. Within your chili. So I had to replace that with vegan, lactose-free type replacements. And I went and put in similar steps, put in the vegan cream cheese. And I woke up in the morning because, you know, you got to low and slow your chili. When I woke up in the morning, I go and look at my white chili and it's orange. And I am upset, real mad, because I forgot the fact that vegan cream cheese is going to be nut-based. Right. So it's going to become an oil. Yeah. Oh, so in true I love to cook magic, I went and made a roux with freaking gluten-free biscuit mix and fixed it. It ended up being an absolute hit. But cooking challenges. Cauliflower wings, I've learned that they can be good if you do all the seasoning and sauces right. But it's not chicken wings. Then it's not. It's not chicken at all. Okay. So so all that all that for a long no. All right. Got it. Uh, Wayne, what you got? And a piece of information: if you ever decide to freaking swap out vegan dairy for regular dairy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the longest no ever. <laughs> It was an educational note. She gave you all the details that DeMarcus typically needs. She gave that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're damn right. I wanted to know. She gave me the why. She gave me the why. Got it. The why and the how. She even told you if your uh, if your product comes up a little orange in the morning, how to make a roux. Like you can clean it up. She gave you hope. Yes, I answered it for you. There you go. I am a advocate for cauliflower cooked in multiple variants. I will not call them wings, though. Okay. And we had that conversation before. We shouldn't. Yeah, I have them Parmesan-crusted. I've had them in a buffalo coating. I've air-fried them, deep-fried them, baked them. I have them in many ways. They are never the main ordeal, though. They're always a side. Never the main chick, always a side bitch. They are never the main. So, but the answer to your question is, yes, I have them. I have enjoyed those items but they are not wings and they are not the main they're they're compliment. Mm, okay so if you showed up somewhere and you were bringing some it would not be like hey guys i got these cauliflower wings those words would never come out of your mouth no depending on where i'm if i'm bringing something for a potluck type event it's probably going to be it's either going to it's probably going to be something barbecued simply because that fits most audiences so the only thing I would have to determine is which animal I'm a barbecue, but it'll pull pork, pull chicken, easy day. Um, if I'm bringing something to someone else's spot. Demarcus, I'm not even going to ask you because we'll go on a 45 minute tangent about it. So he don't have 45 minutes of tangent. Listen, that's fine. But I, you already know how I feel. OK, I, I agree. I agree with Wayne. Don't be put calling the wing. It ain't no goddamn wing. Bra, cauliflower ain't got no wings. They don't fly. <laughs> Chickens don't fly either. Get running start. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, they get off the ground. They get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I do. I do want to encourage you to diversify your food portfolio a little bit, um, Demarcus. That's why we don't have Wayne on often. Try some jicama, man. Put some jicama out there. Try to cook that up a little bit. See how you feel about it. I don't, have you had that yet, DBE? What's that? I have never even heard of it. Exactly. Jicama. Meat replacement. It's great. Oh, really? It, it is. It, it is. It's a solid. It's a root, um, but it's tasty if you prepare right. Loaded with vitamins and things of that nature. So it's worth worth looking into. Also, jicama is J-I. Jicama is J-I if you're going to try to use the phonetics. Yeah. Yeah. Jicama. Better spell that out for me. She gave you the J-I, bro. There's not too many other words out there that... <laughs> got it we in there this is like when he told me to stop having sugar well hold on demarcus this is different from when i told you to cut off the sugars either way i'm not gonna do it well 
Didn't you say you felt better like the two days that you did it or whatever? Yeah, you no, felt I never said that. I never yeah, said that. Okay, find me, find me proof. I'm pretty sure you said that. I think you're lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said you have never felt better in your life, and then I, you I, know, right, you, and I then, know you lying now. Lord knows you lying right now. And then I saw you with a pound cake. Yeah, that's when the withdrawal kicked in. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah, forty eight hours without sugar, but. No, I think as a as a cook and a person that is a is a part of that food porn community, I think you'll enjoy preparing jicama. All right, I will. I'm a uh, I'm a Google this and see where this leads me. Uh, yeah. uh, SG tricked me into eating squash or something a couple couple months it was back. Delicious. It was How it was disgusting. Eating squash? How is that it not was, a part of your? Diet? It was disgusting. Your must be trash. I actually just had squash two days ago. You are not a toddler that has to be tricked into eating vegetable. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> made the little helicopter sound for you. Told you the airplane was gonna land. I have some select vegetables that I will put on the list: broccoli, green beans, greens, corn. There you go. Oh my gosh. Bruh. Okay. There's like there's like twelve other colors out there that you're missing in your rotation. You were right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just I'll eat some peppers. Okay. Okay. Onions, I'll, I'll eat an onion. You'll cook cauliflower. Onion. I'll eat a cauliflower as it's like supposed to be normal cauliflower. Yeah, I'll do that. It's no different than eating the broccoli though. Is it? Exactly. So we good. So everything you eat pretty much comes from the same plant. I was going to say, they're all ground root type vegetables. There you go. There you go. Broccoli, cauliflower, but you don't touch on uh, Brussels sprouts. You know what? I will I will mess with some Brussels sprouts. I'll, yes, I will eat Brussels sprouts. Again, the same plant. Um, yeah. All right. We're going to have to diversify. I mean, we don't have to, but I mean, I'll, I'll take recommendations. No, no, you probably should. You probably should. Have you at least explored different types of sweet potatoes? Yes. Okay. All right. At least you got that going for you. Yeah. I Y'all really concerned yeah. about me right now. I appreciate it, I guess. We're feeding into your, you know, food porn love. That and you a man of a certain age and you eat like you're three. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down now. All right. <laughs> we going to die one day, goddamn it. I'm going to die eating like I'm three. The dinosaur chicken nuggets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody like those, man. How you not no. like dinosaur chicken nuggets? They make you smile. No, they don't. They actually... Upset my stomach. I, it's horrible. It's oh my horrible. god! Damn. Oh lord. It's a, yeah, it's a devastating thing. When you brought up a great point, though, man, like the age. You know, as you get older, just in general, you know, some things just don't digest the way they used to. Your metabolism slows down. You start having health issues. You need to start diversifying that portfolio, like you said. That's one way to look at it. Well, by that time, it's too late. No, 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 no. See, that's the beauty of the food and. I play this game. Um, when it comes to when it comes to food, it's something about gut health that is reversible. Like we we talked about sugars early, and and our demographic, I think that diabetes type two specifically is something that we all can point out a family member or a close friend that we are familiar with that has had that. That's a one hundred percent based on what you eat thing. A lot of people want to say, oh, it's genetics, it's in so on and so forth. You're pre- you may be pre-exposed to it based on how it is that you grew up eating and the settings that you find yourself in, but you can reverse that by cleaning up your gut health, putting in the right probiotics, and taking care of what's going on in the brain of your body, which is the stomach. But you're not going to do it if you want a three-item diet of what you what do you eat? Sandwiches, chips, and ice cream. Is that is there anything else you put in your diet, Demarcus? <laughs> There's chicken in there. <laughs> oh, is that on a sandwich? It can be. <laughs> Just so you know, you're already predisposed because high stress levels really mess with your gut. So you should really, you know, fix your diet. I should not. I am doing quite well. <laughs> All right. If you say so. So we uh, we were talking, I think you put something out there not too long ago about mental health talking points. Yeah, it was a while back. Yep. I do want to take a second since we're talking about gut health food and I use the word brain and sparked that for me. There are, if we're, if you're okay with me taking a few seconds to. No, you got it. You got it. Kind of pull something out. The, the idea and the conversation with mental health, it's been a unique one over time because in some environments and some households has been so taboo in other environments and other households. It's a common conversation. 
but amongst adults, some of us discuss it freely. Some of us don't. I think it's one of the things that at some point we have to be able to get a little more comfortable um, checking in and having that conversation. I've always, or I can't say I've always, in the past few years, I've viewed therapy much like taking supplements for your diet, right? Like we have friends, um, some people, I think I talked to you about this before, DeMarcus, some guys start podcasts, um, some people go to therapy, but whatever it is to talk and get things off your chest, I see those things as like supplements to your diet. We might take our magnesium, our omega-3s and our B12s and whatever other vitamin we have out there. For me, I've always viewed mental health as one of those things as well. Going to therapy, having that good connection and unbiased opinion to converse with and to give you tools to work through some of the things you're going through in life. I think that that is a very, very valuable asset. Therapy just needs to be at the forefront and normalized, especially, you know, we've been in a pandemic on two years, two years time. And you think of what isolation has done to so many people's mental health, which of course affects your physical health um, and your diet and everything else. So it definitely correlates. It all does. Yeah. And as for therapy, I see, since I see it as a tool designed to kind of offer additional methods for navigating life, it's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, we, what we want to do, I think as people, what we want to do in the sense of building a community is we, we should put it in the forefront, like G said, in order to make sure that it is normal. I do have some issues with the way that therapy is treated mainly because it, if it's so many doctors in the mental health realm that don't accept medical insurance in a traditional form. So it ends up becoming a cash out of pocket expense. I would love to see us find a way to get that wrapped into the medical insurance um, to make it something that more people have access to. But I think that's something I'm going to have to put a lot of effort and energy to behind the scenes. What do you think changed your perspective on it? Because you said you weren't always really, you know, you said over the past few years, that's when you started viewing it more of as, you know, whenever you're doing therapy, like as if you're like you're supplementing your body. Uh, What do you think changed? I think it's more, I'll just I'll pick on DeMarcus here. It's more so having that, that four-year-old palate, right? Like it's it, how many ways can I deal with my problems? I'm going to eat these dino nuggets because food makes me happy. And then when I'm done eating my dino nuggets and this nasty, disgusting ketchup, you know, I feel a little bit better for a time, but the problem will still be there. What I've discovered from friends, family, associates, and things in that in people in those categories is that going to therapy allowed them to come back and say, hey, man, have you ever thought about this, this or this in our casual conversations, whenever it is that a circumstance or scenario was presented? And I say, hey, man, that's a pretty good idea. Where'd you get that concept from? And they're like, actually, I was listening to my therapist when I presented this concept and they came back with that. And I'm like, you know what? I appreciate that insight because there are some things that I would never say to you, DBE, because of our relationship. Or I would never say to G because of our relationship. Or DeMarcus and I, nah, DeMarcus, you're going to hear everything. <laughs> but there are some things to some people that you just wouldn't say because you don't want to violate that line. Yeah. Where the therapist doesn't care about that line because you've already paid. And it was probably cash up front. So that that line for them is different. They want to give you tools to keep you coming back. And if you find something useful and effective, you tend to stick or stick with it a little bit more. So I think after seeing the value it's had on other people in my life, that's where I was like, you know what? I'm kind of turning the tide here. It's kind of like taking probiotics. I think the light that's been shed on like mental health awareness also, because we, you know, I want to assume the majority of us, or if not all of us come from that, you know, masculine mentality where if, you know, if, if you are having some sort of mental issue or mental breakdown, whatever it is, it's deemed as a negative thing and you're not a, a, a man per se. Right. Um, but I think we've kind of shifted gears as the years have progressed. Um, you know, I, you know, I was raised where, you know, men don't cry. Men don't do certain things because you're a man and there's no other real reason for it. It's just you're a man and that's what men do. 
Yeah, and I can I can relate to that machismo conversation, but it, in a slightly different realm. It wasn't a men don't cry thing, but it was more so you feel in some kind of way, you numb it out with these substances. Gotcha. Yep. A bag of OD wrapped up would be, uh, you know, that's one way to get through your problems right there. And then you go deal with it was a common theme that was actually the most detrimental thing that I've heard in reference to dealing with life at all. Yep. Yeah. I think now it's just more, it's a common thing. It's, it's addressed more. Uh, I'm hearing more about it. Just, just even just listening to the radio. Uh, sometimes I hear about things about mental health and I think it's great. I think, um, you know, we're really putting light on it. I think it's something that should have been addressed a very, very long time ago. Um, but yeah, I really like how it's, you know, more normal. I wouldn't say it's completely normalized, but I think it's uh, more normal and more something that you hear about on a daily basis. Yeah. I think, uh, I would love for more professional, more people to take on that as a profession as well. Like when you hear about people going through school and what their career aspirations are, there's very few of them that are like, I want to be a therapist. And that's because it's not one of the things discussed, you know, doctor. Yeah. I want to be a doctor. Oh yeah. What type the pediatrician are the, you know, um, OBGYN or cardiac professional, so on and so forth. But no one ever says I want to actually take care of the mind of people. It's always the body of people. Right. And G brought up a great point because, you know, that mental is, isn't all there. What's also going to, you know, affect your physical. Absolutely. That chemical imbalance due to stress, as she discussed, is a game changing effect. Demarcus, put them down on nuggets down and come back to the conversation. <laughs> Listen, I stopped listening to y'all 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, lo- we lost you at Hickama? Uh, 100%. I'm in here looking through my phone, scrolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but good points. Good points. You're right. Mm-hmm. I will say to the point of it being brought more to the forefront socially, it is happening, especially, you know, here in the Western world. You look at something as simple as Disney and all the movies they've recently put out um, going back, maybe about five ish years. You have the movies like inside out and Luca and Encanto's the new one. Cause it just came out, but all of those children movies touch base on mental health and generational um, healing. So there is that. I think there is a turning of a tide um, socially on this side of the world anyways. Yeah. Tell me your mom without telling me you're a mom. <laughs> hey, Encanto has brought up lots of family discussions at the dinner table lately. Yes, I can I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Probably some singing and dancing along the way too. It was a very very joy-loaded movie. Even the sad parts. It killed off another dad though just in true Disney fashion. Bruh, you ain't had to ruin it. I haven't seen it either. I'm you know DeMarcus hasn't seen it yet. you damn right I have not seen it. <laughs> you need to sit down and watch it. I don't even think I'm going to watch that. Now I'm going to bother watched, you uh, with Encanto. I just watched Moana like a year or two ago. Man. Well, Moana talks about, like, that's another one. Goes into generational expectations and going against the grain and what that does to a person mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Moana, well, my movie. There are taxes carrying that burden, that physical burden of trying to carry the the family name legacy and cut out your own at the same time. I just like to. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. That's my shit. <laughs> of course, you are just God's gift. You're, you're welcome. I've probably seen Moana about at least six times this week. Damn. Okay. Got three year old running around. Run around. That's it. It's Moana and Canto. So, uh, I, I guess my take on it is, as long as you have someone you can talk to, that's that's a step. That's a step in the right direction. But if you're just holding everything in, that's bad all day. But uh, I don't. You know, I, I, I I've gone to a therapist, and it was, I guess it was hit or miss. Maybe I needed a new therapist because some of the shit I was saying, she's like, you probably shouldn't do that. And the other shit I was saying, she's like, you know what? I can see why you said that. And like, you don't give in to me because now now you didn't ruin it. My husband said something about how he could never have a female therapist. He did, and it lasted two sessions. And <laughs> he says, 
the woman therapists were way too easy to manipulate into sympathizing with me and allowing me to keep my bad habits. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. So it's a lot of the mental health navigation when it comes to talk therapy. It really is important that that the client and the professional actually link and can work together well. It is kind of a, you, you do tend to have to jump around, especially as a man. It's a, I can see the um, difficulty there because I saw the difficulty firsthand through my husband's experience. So secondhand through my husband's experience. I would present that the relationship isn't designed to last forever though. So sticking with the theme of relating it to food and nutrients, it's only so long I can eat the Mexican food before I need to transition and add something else to my, to my diet. So yes, this therapist here, what I initially came for, what I initially started, it was good. It was solid. I was able to build some trust. I was able to build a rapport to allow me to get to step B but now that I'm at step B, I might need someone else to help me get to step C and recognizing that and saying, OK, the purpose here has been served. Time for me to transition on. I think that's key. It's not necessarily killing the therapy concept altogether. It's just making sure that the relationship with that one is run its course. Now I need to pursue something fresh, something new, something that's going to allow me to get to the next level. I heard that exhale. Go ahead. What you got to say? Yeah, I don't like that idea of continued, continued therapy. I mean, I get it, right? You're not going to get fixed or cured or whatever you want to call it in in uh, six months to a year, right? And I get that there's going to be a transition or a progression, but I, I would like to think that I can get to a, a good enough place where I can manage my own thoughts, emotions, and have these tools that are presented to move forward without having to depend on a, a therapist for the rest of my life. Well, I don't think it's a lifelong thing. I think it's about progressing in steps though. So you took the vetter part um, about a year and some change ago, right? Yeah. When you got in there, you took the engine apart, you broke that thing down step by step by step. When you went back to putting it together, you didn't necessarily follow the same instruction videos when you were putting it back together, did you? I referenced them, but I did not, like you said, follow exact to the T. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm saying by you can get to that destination, but sometimes you're going to have to pivot a little bit. And that's that's where the different types of therapists come in, because sometimes the first way something is explained to you or the first way that that first set of tools is presented to you, they work. And now there's some other things that you want to progress with and you can go out and pursue that with someone new and someone different. Not saying it's a lifelong thing, but I am saying that there are multiple ways to get to the end result. And you may not always get there with one individual as uncomfortable as it may be opening that door and having that type of trust presented to someone multiple times. Yeah, starting over, theoretically, you're meeting someone new and now you got to open up again. And hey, this is what I'm I'm dealing with. How are you going to approach it? Yeah. And I think for a lot of humans, that's a tough thing to do to be able to get to a point of being that um, open and vulnerable about what it is they're trying to accomplish in life. OK, that's fair. That's fair. Yo, you got anything over there, DB? Because we, we looks looks like we lost G for a minute or two. Nah, I mean, um, I think it's just a little bit of expectation management as well. You know, if you're dealing with if you're trying to address some issues that you've never addressed and it's been ongoing for, you know, years, your whole life, however long, or if it's something that just happened, you just have to know that, you know, all right, be smart enough and be like, well, it's not going to be, you know, one or two sessions and I'm, you know, magically cured. Um, you know, it's just like Dwayne or like Dwayne, you hear me? Like Wayne was saying, you know, it's just a step by step and nobody knows you better than you. So, you know, you just got to know, all right, I think I'm in a good spot. Um, I have the right tools. And if I do have some sort of, uh, you know, relapse or whatever, I, you know, I, I know my resources and I know what I can do, or at least I know who I can talk to. Okay. I mean, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm going I'm, I'm to add G back in here and then see if we got our closing statements. G, welcome back. 
So we were just kind of wrapping up about the uh, the therapy concept. I wanted to find out if there's anything else you all wanted to address or if you guys are ready to shut it down. I missed the last few minutes. I did want to just interject and say talk therapy isn't the only form of therapy. Um, there are things like e, you know, EMDR that are super effective, especially for people that just really aren't down to sit there and talk about their trauma or whatever you know is weighing on them. So uh, what does EMDR stand for? Eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. That is correct. Googled it while we were talking about it, huh? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I've heard of it before, but I just, I had to look it up again. As someone who's utilized that, it can be incredibly beneficial if, like, I'm a talker, but not about some things. So... There's that, there's things like art therapy, and there's just so many other ways to process whatever you need to process that getting mental help should not be out of reach for anyone. There are ways to get help. And you mentioned earlier, so long as you have that one person, or at least that one person that'll lead you to whatever direction you need to be led to get to where you need to get to, that's just important for your overall general health as a human. Amen. Sounds good. Save rounds. Good. Good. All right. Well, I want to I want to thank uh, G for taking the time to come out and talk to us. I want to thank uh, Wayne for taking the time to come out and, you know, talk shit. And I like the fact that DBE is here today. I appreciate you all. No doubt, bro. This is your boy, Demarcus Black, signing out with DBE. Appreciate y'all spending the time with us. Anytime, gents. Anytime. It's been truly a pleasure. Until next time. Oh, I'm going to mess up your closing. Hey, man, you want to explain where this puzzle came from? Because I know, goodness well, you're not sitting down putting a puzzle together. With your jalapeno chips on your fingers. I know that's not you. <laughs> Brother, let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. And I was trying to just do something different, you know, keep, keep my mental stimulated. And I brought this. I purchased this 3,000-piece puzzle. I have 10 pieces on my table. And the other... <laughs> With the other 2,000 plus is on my floor just laid out. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to hope I'm going to put this together before the cleaning lady come, but I doubt it. So. Yeah. When I saw you posted, I was concerned. You should be. I'm concerned now. Like, I spent, I spent my whole morning laying out the pieces, flipping them, and getting the corner pieces and the pieces I think to go together, and I still haven't really put it together yet. I was just, I spent today sorting pieces. <laughs> But how did you do that with Ruffles potato chip grease on your hands? Like that didn't. Listen, I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a napkin. I had a napkin, you know. Oh, okay, all right. Shit. Well, look, man, it's been a pleasure, man. Until next time, I'll be judging you from afar with this puzzle, though. I know you will. You, I know, bro. I appreciate. Hopefully, by like, next how you really get the bag of chips in the picture? Was like, was that intentional? <laughs> that was intentional. That was my snack. I, I that was, that was a part moving. of your school porn process. What, what, I mean, this is puzzle porn process right now. Okay, because the chips are, they don't have a good aesthetic, but okay. All right, well, thank you. All right, but other than that, we are, we out of here. Y'all take it easy. This is Those Heathens Over There.